everyone. Welcome to Everyman BJJ, a weekly show covering MMA and BJJ news and training tips. Three, two, one. Frank, the floor is yours, sir. Good afternoon. Sunday, episode 28 or 9. I got to check. 29. Okay, there it is. Hi, everyone. Uh, happy Sunday. Welcome to Everyman BJJ. I'm here with my buddies, uh, Noah Green and Jordan Worth. And episode 29, guys, so we're, we're staying consistent with it. It hasn't always been easy. Life happens, but here we are. Episode 29, we've got an hour of content per episode to 90 minutes, sometimes a little more than that. If we break that up, guys, we're, we're slowly producing... Uh, a nice little library here. We keep at it. Pretty soon we're going to be at episode 100. And when you break that up in little pieces, a lot of content out there. And I would say this to anybody out there. I know that we're not a household name. Guys, we're averaging like 10, 11, 20 views per episode. I can tell you this, um, as, as someone who's lived in the content space and the journalism space and the storytelling space for 26, 27 years, uh, you know, we've we've had some slow starts. Sometimes it takes a while to get heated up. But anybody out there, if you bear with us, if you listen to the to the to the hour or the ninety minutes in there, we have a lot of good stuff. I think this is going to, guys. We're 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 refining it. We're fine tuning it. We're finding our voice. We're going to be able to do some good stuff. I want to I want to run with something you said though, Noah, right before we went on air. Oh boy. Which is, so if I'm remembering Noah correctly, he was saying something like he wanted, you know, he's looking like a lot of people to get in better shape and to, to lose weight. And he knows that's going to help him in life. That's going to help him feel better. And, oh, by the way, he's a, uh, a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Henzo Gracie. Um, and so that's probably going to help your jiu-jitsu, make you more nimble, et cetera. So Noah's asking Jordan and myself about, you know, strategies and things. And he said, well, Frank, I want you to talk to me a little bit about nutrition because I do the Frank Forza fitness thing. And I've been down that nutrition rabbit hole for, for many years now. And you're like, but I don't want the vegan or the vegetarian. Just give me some advice or some counsel, but don't make it about veganism or vegetarianism. I want to clear this up. I want to clear the air guys on our, on our show now, because I get this all the time. And I don't, people think because I'm overwhelmingly predominantly plant-based they have pigeonholed me they've put me in as a as a vegan as a vegetarian absolutely not i am not i do not identify as vegan i do not identify as vegetarian and and the main reason for that is that there is a dogma associated with that there is a lot of dogma there's a lot of almost religiosity that some people have there's a lot of people who you know if i was a vegan i might shame you for eating meat and and make it, you know, I could turn it political, I could try to make you feel small, I could think I'm better than you, I could be a vegan snob and think I'm better than you. I'm not saying all of my vegan friends and vegetarian friends like that, are like that out there. I'm not saying that I have friends that are full-fledged vegan and vegetarian. I simply, guys, and you guys will relate, this, this relates to life outside of the martial arts. This relates to life in our personal life. This relates to everything where people want to put labels on all of us. Like they want to just put this label on you. And the problem with labels is labels limit. People, people like labels because they're convenient. They think, okay, I know these couple things about Noah, so I can put him in a category. I can put him in a box, right? And for whatever psychological comfort, it helps them. And then they'll make stereotypes about you. They'll make judgments about you. If they know your political party, if they whatever. People like the label. And I don't like it, guys, because 
life happens and sometimes we have to reinvent. Sometimes we have to dramatically change and transform. And when we get caught up in dogma, when we get caught up in labels, we're not ready to adapt. And that's the problem I have even with vegan and vegetarianism, even though I love my friends. If they're having great results with that, amen, hallelujah, good for you. But I don't like it because you got to be ready to pivot. Let me give you an example. So I have only eaten meat once so far this year in 2020. Now, people say, God, well, Frank, you're a closet vegan. You're, now you're definitely a vegetarian. You have only eaten meat once. And, and the one time I ate meat, guys, there was a, um, a, a, a woman. She's from, she, she lives in France by way of Africa. She married a guy here in Utah. And we're, we've become friends. She's an older woman. And she like, likes to do nice things. And sometimes when I see her, she'll be like, here's some, something from my garden I brought you. One time she brought me chicken. She had made this chicken, right? She'd made this chicken, all these vegetables and whatever. Now, what am I going to say to that woman and say, well, you know what? I made a vow to myself that I'm not going, I'm only going to eat meat. I mean, I'm only going to eat plant-based this year for my reasons, for my experimentation, not because I have something against eating meat, because I will eat meat again. But I was like, for 2020, I want to go meatless. And I've done that. I did that one other year as well. And I just wanted to experiment and fine-tune some things and work on even some things health-wise. So now here, this really sweet woman brings me the chicken and the vegetables. And I'm like, okay, what, you know, she's like there. And I'm, I, she like wants me to eat it right in front of her. So I'm like, you know, I, I, for a moment, I have that dilemma. I'm like, well, what's the thing? I, I made a vow, <laughs> a covenant with myself. I'm not eating meat in 2020. I have this sweet old lady who I'm going to insult. If I don't eat that chicken, or even if I don't insult her, say, I'll eat it later, that's kind of an insult, and then later I throw it away. Now, that's completely disingenuous and not authentic. So what did I do? I, I had a little you know, cognitive dissonance for about 20, 30 seconds. I had a discussion, and then I decided, you know what? You're going to eat the chicken. You're, Wayne Dyer used to say, better to be kind than right. And, and sometimes in life, it's better to be kind than right. And I ate the chicken and I didn't beat myself up. I didn't go to bed angry. I didn't whatever. And I, now this is an example where, I mean, we have to get away from dogma and labels because life happens. And sometimes your grandmom or your, your next door neighbor who's, who's older or whatever does something nice for you. And you can't be like, you know, tied to these absolutes, tied to this religiosity. Life happens. Do you, you know, just like we, you know, Jordan and I, we all talk about that in the old days of jujitsu. In a lot of gyms, you weren't allowed to do takedowns. You weren't allowed to do leg lock. This is forbidden. This is taboo. And we have to open heard up our mind. What's that, Jordan? I've never heard of not being allowed to do takedowns. That's crazy. Well, I'm not saying you weren't allowed. It was, it was, it was frowned upon because it was like, well, there's not enough space. You're going to get someone hurt. And if you do the wrestling thing, that means you're not learning jujitsu. You're not actually embracing the jujitsu. You're just going to try to wrestle everybody, and you're not going to actually be doing jujitsu. So you're, you're, kind of, you're kind of running from the fight if you do that wrestling stuff too much. So my point is we get into these labels and these limits, and it, and it can hurt your game on the mat when we start getting these labels and we start restricting and creating so many rules and so many laws that it, 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 narrows, our, it, it narrows our development. And the same thing with, with health and fitness. You can go out there. I have friends. I just talked to, to, to Chad Mendez, right? Chad Mendez is probably, you got Johnny Hendricks, uh, uh, and Chad Mendez might be the two preeminent outdoorsmen, fishermen, hunters in, in all of fighting. And Chad just retired. And it's like this guy, he was saying, he's like, Frank, 
I est- he's like, I estimate that 90 to 95% of all the meat I've eaten throughout my wrestling career, he wrestled in college, he was an NCAA runner-up, throughout my UFC career, I think he fought for the title a couple times. And he's like, I would say 99% of it is animal that I hunted, that I ate, and I'm eating the most pristine meat, and it's a big difference, right? So it's like he's eating this pristine, basically super, you know, exponentially grass-fed meat. That's a big difference with that. So someone like me, you know, Noah, if we ever go to a Brazilian steakhouse or something, and it's not 2020, yes, you will see me eat, what is it called, churisca or charia, whatever it's called, you know. Yes, I will. Churrascaria. Yeah. I will say this one thing, and Chad Mendez and I had talked about this too. I will say this to people because I do think that we as Americans do eat too much meat. The average American eats, a, from what I've read, I think it was the uh, U.S. Uh, Department of Agriculture, I think was it. And it's, the average American eats 10 ounces of meat a day. To me, that is way too much. You, it's, it's only a matter of convenience that we eat all that meat. That meat sits in your colon. It sits in your body, it's, it's got steroids, it's got antibiotics, it's got gook. They fed the animal a bunch of GMO feed. The antibiotics for the animal go into your gut, and that disrupts your gut flora, your gut bacteria. That affects your immune system. 70% or more of your immune system is in your gut. When they start disrupting the gut, they're disrupting your immune system. That's a big deal because of COVID. So all that meat, I'm just saying, if you're going to eat meat, right, there's no guilt, there's no shaming, you do you, but... There's no reason to eat 10 ounces a day. It should be kind of like a delicacy once, twice a week, high-quality meat. If we were in the hunter days, like, bro, you're not going to hunt and be eating meat every day. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, but you're not going to live past 30 any, either. Yeah, well, I, gotta, I don't want to fight with you over, over nutrition because I'm not qualified. But um, there's a lot I, – I, I, in fact – I'm going to withhold my comments on that because I want to learn. I want to learn more than I want to um, debate. Uh, debate. I yeah, think, I want to I learn. I'm going to listen to Jordan Peterson too much on, on that one. I, I know someone told me Jordan Peterson's on like only meat only, and he's disclaiming. I, I can I can combat that one too, but I but I I won't waste our time on the whole take the whole podcast. Well, let, let me let me let me steer let me pivot the conversation a little bit because I want to do I want I was saying something earlier like in the five minutes before we started because we we're catching up and I wanted to make a challenge um, out to Jordan um, and that's Jordan publicly I'm going to say it right now. Um, in 2012, I had a shoulder surgery on my right, right shoulder. And it was at the point where I could not do push-ups. I have a similar injury right now. And what I did, and that was in February uh, 2012, and what I did is I did my own rehab with the shoulder, and I had my own gym. I had my own weights at my house in Texas. And that's also whenever I was started to go through my divorce. And I stopped and I reached out to one of my close friends and he, he's a, he was like, he was like huge in the CrossFit and um, he's like, okay, I want you to do this. And he turned me on to Gary Tobbs, um, which uh, has a huge thing about sugar and carbohydrates and it basically, I started logging all my food. I became very strict on my food, logging everything into a spreadsheet. 
and he said, do not, you know, he, he, he explained to me, you know, don't eat, uh, you're not going to do paleo. You're not going to do, uh, you know, all this. I just don't want you eating carbs anymore. No more carbs. And so I was, but then, you know, so I, I can go back to that and, and copy that out and, and show it to you. But that was only part of it. I started moving again and I went from 272, I think, which to be honest, I'm probably not too far from there right now. So I could be 260 and I dropped, um, I got on a plane to Rio August 13th and I weighed 212. And I competed in, I competed at the, um, what's called the Karaokinya. Um, and I, and I, and I didn't, I think I did middle heavyweight or I did, um, um, I have to check and see. Um, I think I did either light heavyweight or middleweight. Oh, so I weighed in because everything was in kilos. So I was really confused then. Um, and then when I went to weigh in, I was below the weight limit um, with my gi on. And, and I was shocked. But my movement in Rio on the mats was phenomenal. My, just how I felt. I wow. did not have acid reflux. Uh, my joints did not hurt. I, my sciatica was long gone, then no problem. But right now, guys, I'm saying right here, Jordan, I'll give you $1,000 if you can help me get back down uh, to uh, 185 pounds. Um, I'll, and Frank, I'm open and coachable. And I will set it because I'm open and coachable to your, your guidance. Because, yeah, the force of fit. Um, because um, here's the thing. I know a lot of shit, but I fail to be pragmatic about what I know. This is so hard. I know what to do. I don't live that way. I don't do it. And that is so hard to do. And I am going to, yeah. you know what, I'm going to say right now, I think, on our, on our that's, show. That's one thing. Walking it is another. Yeah, and that is, a, that's your motto. Your motto is that. I know you, you, that's your motto on, um, on Instagram. Don't, don't say it. Do it. Something that, to well, that, that effect. That, that, that's been, that's been, the, that's, I think, what distinguishes me even from the people that have PhDs and whatever. They talk about it in Petri dishes. I do it. I live it, so it's a big fucking difference. Excuse my, pardon my French. It's a big difference. That's why I don't, I don't consider myself less than some of these dudes because I live it. I experiment with it. I get in the trenches with it, and it's easy for people to say, "Well, this and go on someone's podcast and talk shit." Like Rhonda, Doctor Rhonda went on Joe Rogan talking about the sun and 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 you know and how good the sun is, bro. That's old. That's twenty years ago. Yeah, you've been saying that forever. I've been doing that. I've been doing that for thirty years since I was landscaping. 30 years, no sunscreen. So that's not new to a guy like me. How did I know it? I didn't wait for the science. I lived it. I tinkered with it. I played around with it. I pushed the limits of it. So 
that's the big difference. Like I always say to you, Noah, science is awesome. Science is beautiful. Science gives us a lot of wonderful things. But science is the last to know, brother. It's the last to know. There's people out in front of the science. There's first movers who figure it out, who go there, and then the science catches up later. Science is late to the party. When you wait on science, you're going to be late to the party because then everybody's going to know it by then when they ring those bells. So you want to try to be in front of the science. you got to be a little more daring. Anyway, Jordan. I do agree with that. I do agree with that wholeheartedly, actually. I think almost everything, like things, uh, people think one way about it, and then a a small select few will know the truth. And and later on, it'll become a popular trend once science starts to back it. I actually do. I actually, that that rang, it resonated a lot with me, Frank. That's actually Saying. Look at Eric Paulson, guys. Go yeah. look at Jordan. Have you heard of Eric Paulson? You've heard of Eric of Paulson, right? Of course. of course. Yeah. Go look at old Noah. Go look at old Eric Paulson videos like 1990s and go look at this guy with footlocks and some of the stuff he was doing, him and Matt. All right. Let me grab my notebook. They were yeah. systematizing it. And how many people, God bless you for knowing who, who, who Eric Paulson is. How many, how many people like 20 some year olds nowadays know who Eric Paulson is? That's admirable. I'll be right back, guys. I'm going to get my notebook because uh, that's one thing I did forget in my setup. Well, but I can hear you. I know. We'll send you this. I got a notebook. I, that's what I look for. Okay. That's cool. Doing, so. All right. So, well, but, but Jordan. Yeah, I all those old school dudes, Frank. I, uh, I also was telling my buddy the other day about Nino Shembri and about how Nino Shembri was doing all the 10th Planet stuff way before 10th Planet. So, Jordan. Yeah, so- um I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Jordan, would you before we get too far away? Would do you do you accept this offer? Of course. Cool. All right, we'll have to we'll have to get together uh, <laughs> after the podcast and get to work. Get to working on it because I'm gonna have to. A lot of like calisthenics, a lot of movement, a lot of a lot of like. I think that's what we're gonna be doing. Less like less strength, like. Uh, not too much like lifting weights and stuff like that. That I think a lot of like cardio and a lot of like like you know the guy Ito Portal. A lot of like movement stuff where you're just moving your own Conor McGregor style movement where we're doing bear crawls, um, oh stuff like that. Learning how to just move your body again. Learning how to get comfortable moving your body, and then we can start doing more more um, more intense calisthenics and stuff like that. But I think that'll be a good start for you because that'll cool. be good cardio because it's already just kind of difficult for you to move your body in intense ways and it'll be good for you to just get that movement back and it'll also be a good cardio exercise and strength building exercise i think that'll be a good place to start honestly cool yeah i need a kick in the ass uh, and to get me moving again we, we, we now officially have two curse words i apologize for my earlier curse word even though i know jordan <laughs> likes and hears that now you <laughs> Jordan likes my cuss. He's like, I know I like this Frank today, dude. This is a this is a cool Frank, man. This is a you know, you know. I I kind of I'm I'm bringing the chip back on my shoulder a little bit for the second half of 2020. I've been bringing the chip back a little bit, a little bit of the fire because I've been seeing the videos of people. You know, just people. It looks like we're heading to tribalism, and people are just everybody wants to take things by force now and uh, uh, complain about everything. And so, and there's some valid reasons to complain. But anyway, the world seems like guys, we could listen. I'm an optimist. I like to say the glass half full, but you have to entertain the possibility now that we could have a civil war. We like to think this can happen here in America. It is so divided. It's so polarized. Now. Uh, I'm at, I'm at least starting to think 
we could have a civil war. I'm not hoping we do. I hope we don't. We could have a civil war. At the very least, we're going to have areas of the country regionally where there's going to be a lot of stuff go down, a lot of flare-ups. It's going to get, I, I, I predict here on our show, it will get a lot worse before it gets better because the division is so deep. And because of that, me being Mr. Tree Hugger, pacifist, hippie, you know, that, that I've kind of moved into that space of the Tao Te Ching, and I've moved into that, and I realized, again, this is where we talk about adaptation and not being wedded to dogma. I love peace. I'm all for peace, but you got to always be ready for war. Promote peace, but stay ready for war. So me right now, what I see going in the world, I'm like, Frank, you need to get better as a martial artist. You need to get better for situations that can happen, multiple attackers in situations, situations with weapons. You need to get smarter. You need to get better. And the part of me that does that better is the guy that's this guy, that, that has a little chip on him. That's the guy that says, we're going to go train. We're going to learn knives. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to get better with weapons. We're going to be ready. We're going to stay ready. We're going to be all about peace. But if it goes down, then you got to be ready. And so 2020 has sort of ignited that in me. And that's what you're, that's, I think, what you're picking up on, little George. Man, I've been watching videos on knife fighting, Frank. Let's start training knife fighting techniques at the park. I'm all for that. I love that. I love cool. that. I've got a rubber, I got a rubber training I've been knife. I'm watching my college techniques and like Aikido, like disarming techniques. Dude, it's super cool, man. It's like a yeah, martial, yeah. martial art I never realized it was there. Yeah, I also have some uh, training training um, handguns. They're they're oh, like yeah, yeah. rubber. So so I have I have a few of that. I have I have some of that equipment um, to to bring to so we could train that if you want to do that. So yeah, I've got that gear. But um, oh man, I'm a little intimidated now. I've got to move my body again. You know what's tough for me is like when I um this past week um what was it. Thursday. Yeah, I went to Mount Charleston and uh, they had a fire and a uh, buddy of mine, uh, we were going to go do the, um, like an easy beginner trail and all that section was uh, off limits or it was closed because of the fire. So we wound up doing something called Cathedral Rock. Yeah. And it's like a mile and a half up and from the moment I got out of the car, I was huffing and puffing from the moment I got out of the car. And I mean, it was, the elevation was 7,500 feet and I was struggling to breathe. And that's the first time in a while that I was breathing so hard. And it took me 45 minutes to get up there, uh, to get to the uh, summit with, with some breaks. Um, and I could taste iron in my mouth. Um, iron in your mouth? Like you were bleeding? Yeah. 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 That's how, yeah. It's like blood, you know, but uh, no blood, but I could taste, I, I had the sim, like a little bit similar taste of blood in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was huffing and puffing and I'm like, all right. All right, Noah, you, you know, you're not getting younger and, You've already proven yourself before. You can get down to 140, uh, 185, and that's your competition weight. That's the weight that you feel great at. That's the weight you was at in Brazil. That's your vein popping, ab almost showing weight. Get back ab there. Almost showing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, ab almost showing. No wait, no wait, Let's let's psychologically peel back the layers. We uh, all have our things. Oh boy! Here we go. 
it's vanity. Talk about when you talk about knowledge versus application, right? Knowledge, okay. not what you know, but what you do. Not what yes. you know, but what, but what you put into action. We all have areas of our life. I have those too. You know me. We all have those areas. This, so we're not picking on Noah because we could easily pick on Frank about his things. But just sticking to this one, since this is an area that I'm very strong and Jordan's very strong, this is an area that, that we know, right? So this is a, 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 you know, a, 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 a learning opportunity. Let's peel back the layers on that. Why is it hard? Because you've done it before, so you can do it. Why is it hard to sustain, to commit to that and sustain it? What is, is, is it, is it that you just don't like, and I'm, I'm being honest with you here. I'm not picking on you because I have, you know, I, you know, I have areas of my life. Is it because you're scared of the hard work? Like, is it like, damn, Frank, that it's physically so grueling that I don't enjoy it and I don't like it. What's the, what's, what, what are the layers of that onion that, that are stopping you from sustaining it? Cause you've done it before. Yeah, I think sustaining is a different skill set than achieving it. Um, and, and that's where, so uh, during that time of life, I did not have as, you know, life's going to help give you lessons and whether or not you take them and you practice them. So in the time from wait, there wait, to wait, now, wait, 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 wait. I, hang on, I'm not explaining, I'm explaining. It's a straight line. Hang on. If you give me one sentence, give me it. Peel back. I don't want it. I don't want it tucked in any whatever. We'll, we can go with a longer explanation. If I just okay. ask you one sentence, let's keep it simple. Even if it's not perfect, what's the what's one sentence? What's the biggest thing holding you back? And we'll go. We'll start simple. We can explain later. What is it? Uh, emotional eating. It's that simple. It's emotional eating. Okay, specifically, what foods? What foods do you crave that are, when you get emotional? What do you crave? Uh, it's got sugar in it. Yep. Sugar and fat. Tell me, tell me, me some foods. Tell me some foods. You're, you want emotional sweet, sweet iced tea, fried chicken with mashed potatoes and gravy, rolls with butter, ice cream, milk and cookies. <laughs> 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 All my diet, buddy. All and my what, diet. What, what, ty- what times of day do these do this emotional eating strike usually? Between 11 and 3 a.m. <laughs> 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. <laughs> but, really? Oh, wow. 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if, if, if Noah goes to bed by 11, 11 p.m., that cuts off a big, a big okay. swath of time. We'll come back there in a second. So let's talk about the other side of that, which is you working out. How, how frequently are you able to work out, to burn off some of that? At this minute? Yeah. What's your, what's your relationship been like in the last couple of months? I know that life happened, COVID happened, but what's, what's the relationship been with physical fitness, exercise, walking? See, these, see, the, see these hands? No calluses because I'm not lifting weights anymore, but – if you could see the muscle behind the typing, I'm like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But my ass looks like um, Bubba. <laughs> You're not working out much. But I, oh, wait. not at all. Jordan is going to come through for you, right? Jordan's going to come I'm making myself extremely vulnerable. And listen, I'm so here I, for it. 
I've seen Jordan on Instagram. I saw him doing oh. one <laughs> I saw him doing his one-legged squats. He does a lot. Would of love to do he's that. Done, he's My exercise consists of taking out the garbage. He's done his hanging abs. But listen, so so we would call that a self-starter, right? A self-starter means Jordan can wake up, or I can wake up, or you know Robert Drysdale can wake up, and nobody has to be there to say, "Hey, we're going for that jog. We're going for that hike. We're going to go shadow box. We're going to go train." What is it about you? We all have these things in our life, but we're cool. With this. Let's get in there. So this is what, 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 as far as the self-starter thing, meaning if Jordan's there to hold you accountable, I know you'll do it. If I'm there coaching you, I know you will do it. I know you will put the effort and show up. But for a lot of people, so you're helping a lot of people here. It's hard for them. They always say, Frank, I need someone to hold me accountable. The self-starter part is hard for them. It's hard for them to be their own coach, their own engine, their own, their own fuel. Uh, so, why do you think that is that you can't say, wake up, you know, you got the dog and you say, look, first 45 minutes or an hour, I'm going to go do, I saw some stuff that Jordan did on Instagram or whatever, your favorite fitness, whoever, what is, what makes that hard for you? What, where's the block? Um, yeah, that's real simple. Um, so this is a, this is a head game. Um, and I'm only coming back to this because the seed of all this was planted during my trip out to the East Coast and back that I made earlier uh, in the month because you remember that book I mentioned called uh, Suggestible? Let me get it. I'm looking it up on my phone. I think it says Suggestible, Suggestible You by Eric Vance. Okay. okay. Suggest and that's all about, yeah, placebo and nocebo and, and that discussion around it. And what I realized is like really – if if I were to just stop associating myself and my the mental image that I have of myself as the way I my physical sense that I am right now, and if I were to reassociate myself and how I identify with myself as that version of myself that I was uh, eight years ago where I was in 2012, if I were to reassociate myself with that, that person is the same person who was the one who came back from Marine Corps boot camp. Okay, okay, wait. Stop. Paul. And so I have forgotten okay. who I okay, am, Paul. and I am associating with who I, where I'm at right now. It's a so mental. You're, you're peeling back the layers. You just made a key thing. Say, Frank, my self-image is a problem, and if I can just get that image, and you had it before, so what's stopping you right now or when we're done here from, from changing and saying this is the image, this is Noah, this is the whole code around that, these are the principles, this is my new code, this is my new covenant with myself, this mm -hmm. is who I am right now. Okay, I'm just, so you're at a base of a mountain what? and you're looking up, okay? Yeah. And, and you need to say, I need to imagine myself up there at the top of that mountain looking down at me. There's a whole lot of space between here and there. And it's very difficult for you to see yourself at that place again when you've gone away from it. Have you ever and, heard and, of a guy named Rumi? Have you ever heard of the, the philosopher? The, oh, yeah. Where the, the crack. Yeah, so the crack favorite, is where the. My favorite Rumi quote, right? Great poet is um, act as if the entire world is rigged in your favor. Right. Act as if. So if you just were to assume, right, assume, you know, Dwayne Dyer used to talk about this and 
And uh, Neville Goddard was probably the best I ever heard talk about it. But um, act as if, right? J- Jim Carrey went on Oprah and talked about it, which is if we acted as if it's true right now, that, that right now, not futuristically, not in two months, not in three months, not once you get in shape, but you are that Noah right now. You are that Noah who takes command, who's a self-starter. And what now, if you just thought it once, you say, I am whatever, I am X. I am Noah at 185 pounds, slender. You can see my ass. <laughs> I am that guy. Now, you have to st- you have to hold true to that, just like Noah being a black belt. You have to hold true to that. So you can't be a fleeting one-time thought, which is I am the 185-pounder. It has to be an everyday, you know, it has to be a multiple times a day thing. It has to be with conviction, and you have to believe it. It's, it's a head game, meaning it's a game because – the thing is, Noah, Sugar Ray Leonard used to talk about this too. A champion is so someone who believes in themselves when no one else will. You have before anybody becomes the champion, they already believe they were champion. Before Ali was the champion, he believed he acted like I'm the champion. He would go in these fights with Sonny Liston and George Foreman, all these guys would be like, Foreman's gonna kill him. Sonny Liston's gonna kill him. He had already beaten them and he had already thought, I'm the champion. You're holding my belt. Remember Conor McGregor said to the guys, You're holding my belt. That's my belt. Give me my belt. Remember he went to Jose Aldo and he's like he snatched the belt from Jose Aldo. It wasn't Connor's belt yet, right? But the metaphor was, oh, yes, it is my belt, right? It's already mentally, I've already convinced myself, that's you, you, are, you have my belt. Give me my belt. Yes. And so you are a champion in your mind before you're ever 185. You are 185 in your mind with conviction, right, with a strong belief repetitiously. You are 185, slender, agile, all the things you want to be way before you're actually 185 and doing it. So you have to, Rumi said, act as if, right? Act as if. You have to start to act as if when you wake up, that's the guy I am. I am that champion before the world sees me at that champion. I am that 185-pound force before Jordan and I see you and look at you like, damn, bro, what have you been doing? What the hell you been doing? You were already that you were already acting like that guy way before people come up to you and start saying, damn, what the hell you've been doing? Yeah. You look, you look phenomenal. Uh, that book and listening to Michael Pollan's book about psychedelics. Hey. Um, because it, the, the, uh, the power of the psychedelics are like the mushrooms and, and there's, there's a tremendous amount of interest in how if you have one or two, one or two um, doses of like psilocybin, it, it, it basically, as what Joe Rogan would say, it takes all of your BS. It, it, it just reboots your brain and says all that nonsense luggage that you've been carrying, all that baggage you've been carrying around, it puts it into a file folder and says it just, Puts it in and goes, my BS, and it clears, it wipes out the hard disk, and you start fresh. And I've been that at that level after doing intense yoga before. I've been at that level whenever I yoga. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I've done when I when I've done intense yoga, and so I miss that space because I've, I'm carrying around a lot of that garbage. I'm carrying around a lot of emotional, you know, stuff. Yeah. And and all that stuff interferes with your clear thinking and appreciation of who you are 
inside. And you just yeah. get to a point of like, it's too much. You know, the, the little whiny voice is like, it's now is not a good time. Now is not a good time to do this. You need to be focused on other things. You need to be, you know, doing all these. Other. So to answer your question, um, I had a reawakening on that trip in the sense of, uh, of just listening to those books and it's, it's brave for you to talk. It's brave for you to talk about this, by the way, no, you know, we're not picking on you because you know, no, I don't feel, yeah, but it's, it's brave for you. I actually appreciate, I actually really enjoyed this. So I appreciate you be it, you know, the drug addicts have a saying, but you know, by the way, I've had family members that were drug addicts and, 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 you know, one of them said to me one time, I said, said he'd been doing drugs for 20 some years. And he's like, he's like, the drug addicts who, who, who are able to stop using are the ones who get sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? You have to hit a point where, like you said, you're at, you're there, it's 7,500 feet. You're not even, it's not even intense climbing. And you're like, holy crap, I'm huffing and puffing. This is sad. This is pathetic. I'm, I'm, I'm just grossed out by I No more, right? It's like, I'm sick and tired of being like huffy and puffy. And I haven't even really started climbing this damn mountain, right? Like, yeah, well, I wasn't I wasn't grossed out because that that's something. Um, now, now that is a naive response, and I had that before, and I don't want to go there. I don't want to use that toxic shame. So I don't because that's contempt. You know, to say, "Oh, that's gross and disgusting." I don't want to treat myself that way because that's actually like negative energy. That's like that's taken away because what you're doing is. You're toxic shaming yourself. And all I'm doing is I'm saying, I'm not coming from that place anymore. I'm not coming from a shame. I'm not coming from like, I don't feel shame. That's why I can talk about it right now. I don't feel vulnerable, really. What I'm saying is I'm actually coming from a place of self-worth and self-love. You feel like you're disappointing yourself, Noah. So that's, so we've been talking on this, we've been talking a lot on this uh, podcast about regret. Do you feel like you're disappointing yourself by not, by not, uh, you know, performing at a higher level there physically? So I'm not living at my highest, I am not at my highest self. For example, um, you know, I, you know, I'm about to start, uh, you know, I'm about to start graduate school and I've been thinking, why am I not also applying to like Cornell? for their executive MBA program. Why am I not giving myself those wonderful, uh, wonderful training and, you know, where you're self-improving and self-investment. Why am I not doing that for myself? Why am I not holding myself to my own standards, my high standards that I have in myself of myself to really achieve a lot of stuff? You know, I, I've got a lot of things left to do. Hitting 48 years old was a reminder to me. The pandemic, I've been in like an embryonic uh, gestational period here where, you know, I'm in this career transition and I'm like reminding myself of all the wonderful things that I've done and, you know, all the achievements that I made. Like, why am I not holding myself to that standard still of who you are? And you can live to your higher self and you can slay these beasts. And what I'm saying is eight years ago, I, I approached my weight losses from a shame. I, w- I felt a lot of toxic shame and self-loathe. All right. It was very bad. And I dropped the weight. 
and I and I was like, I'm disgusted with myself. So I used all that energy, and I lost the weight, but I didn't keep it off. Do you think that, that that approach can work for some people? Do you if think they want to achieve a goal, do you think everybody is psychologically wired to just be in a happy, hunky dory place to be motivated by that, or do you think that a lot of high performers can be motivated by? negative stuff too i'm not saying you have I, I, I agree with you 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 don't you don't feel comfortable with that because you you might tend to beat yourself up with it you might tend to overdo it and 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 really it weighs on you whereas somebody else might just kick themselves in the butt like frank what the heck did you just do that for that was stupid don't do it again and then they don't they don't they don't dwell on it you might be a dweller where people some people dwell on the negative and they can't turn it off and in that case, it would be destructive. Some people don't dwell on it. They address it. They stare it down, and they smack themselves upside the head and say, "Stop doing that. That's not who you are." You know. So let me they- let me differentiate what you just said in in yeah. one way, okay? And that's um, there is a shameful, contemptuous way that you can hold yourself. You know, like I am a piece of garbage. I am not worthy. I am yeah. I am not good. I, and and you know. I'm, and I got to beat this. The other way is to say, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed with, with where I'm at and it's not my standards. And this life is so precious. It's so wonderful. You know, what is the opposite is nothing but a slow suicide. You know, if you're not going for your best self, if you're not reaching out to coaches, if you're not, Loving yourself and saying, I am so worth, I am so, I'm, I am my, my values, you know, what I'm no, worth is there ever a time it's so high. I need to live. Is there ever a time uh, to kick ourselves in the butt and say, is there ever, is there, is there ever a time to it's do that? Every, every day you, when you get up and you, and you decide to brush your teeth. It's all balanced. This is what I would say. If somebody oh. is so overwhelmed with shaming themselves or self-loathing, if they're uh-huh. if that is the dominant emotion in them, that is sad, and we and I would feel empathy and compassion. But for somebody to wake up one day and say, "What the heck did I do yesterday? That was the stupidest, dumbest. That was reckless. That was destructive. What are you doing, man?" And and then getting it together, making the bed, and attacking the day, and 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 then devoting themselves to high principles. I've had those moments where there's a time for us to feel a little guilty when we when we messed up when we dropped the ball. I per, we, guilt is a real emotion. It's just a matter of degree and balance. Like how long are we going to stay there? How long are we going to stay in the past and beat ourselves up? But but to just stare it down. Sometimes I think we have to stare things down that are ugly and and that might be negative in the short term, but they're fantastic in the long term. Right? Like something. Well, there's guilt and shame. There's guilt and shame, okay? It's like I, I think that Jordan embodies the concept of, of guilt or, or I'm going to say in a lighter form of that, which is disappointment. You know, when you, when you lost your last fight, I don't think that you, you use negative energy on yourself and shamed yourself and with toxicity. I, I, from my impression of you, Jordan, you associated your loss with, oh, I made some mistakes. I got to fix those mistakes. Disappointed in the outcome? Sure. But I still love myself. I'm worth something. I, I have high value to myself. And I just need to work on my weaknesses. Is that a, do, you, do, you, do you concur with that, Jordan? 
To be to be simple, yes. That that last fight was a very specific circumstance. Mm-hmm. I never felt like I actually lost that fight. I felt like the referee came in a little bit early, and okay. also, um, I was could not see because the the kid didn't have his nails cut. You're supposed to cut your nails before the fight. It looked like I got the fight with a cat. Like he scratched my retina, and so I could barely see him. Okay, I was hurt in the fight. That's not that. But since I couldn't see, and he landed a couple shots, they stopped the fight. So. It, it, that fight, it just, I took the, it, it is what it is. Thing, shit happens, you know, things happen. It wasn't because he technically beat me or because I even made, like, too many technical mistakes. Just, it, this is a tough sport, man. This is a brutal sport. Things happen, you know. You can get hit, you can get eye poked in your eye, you get kicked in your balls, you mm-hmm. fall down and break your elbow. Things happen, you know. Just, it is what it is. Ma- Martin Seligman, um, who has... Uh, is part of a, the positive psychology movement, and I believe he's a uh, he's on the he's on um, the prof- professor staff of uh, University of Pennsylvania. Um, said that when you when you're able to say something like uh, what you did was uh, specific, and it was a very narrow short time. And uh, the third one I'm not remembering right now, but basically what you just did, it, the way you just explained that was it was very specific. Um, you know, although you're not blaming, and you're saying the ref may may have, and you even count, you know, you 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 put some cushion around it. Um, you know yourself. You said I need to pay attention to the other guy's nails. You know, you're learning from that. It's very specific, and, and that's very. Healthy, well, what, what, positive. Yeah, well, you're, what, you what, don't. You're, you're not holding on and, and with some kind of toxic level. You're like, yeah, it's brief and it's fleeting, and I'm moving on to the next thing. I'm sorry, yeah, Frank. We we see a lot of that with, in the fight realm, and I've had it too. Where, for instance, if a champion loses a fight, they usually are very, you know, a lot of them are very respectful toward their opponent. But mm-hmm. if you listen to them, most of them are. He was the better man or she was the better woman today at this time. That's the way they think. They don't think of it yeah. as like some eternal or forever thing. It's like, hey, if you're, a, if you're a baseball player, there's not this year, but in every other year, there's 162 games. It's like, well, they were better today. And in the NFL, where nobody, hardly anybody goes 16-0, and 0, soon to be whatever, there'll be 17 games. It's they were better today. We got to get it together. And so it's a very temporary thing. And so that's what I'm saying, even with, with the, the reality of negativity. Sometimes if you look at some of the years the Patriots won the, the Super Bowl title, there, were, there was usually one game in the year where they got thrashed. Kansas City thrashed them like two of those years. Kansas City came in and beat the mess out of them in the regular season, like slaughtered them. Like you never see the Patriots get, get beat like that. And guess what? Wind up being the best thing that ever happened to them. They used that. You know, they were hard. That's not who we are. That's not what we're about. We're, we're, not, we, we, we're not focusing on the little things. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We think we're better than we are. They go back to the drawing board and they use it. So it's, it, yeah, you're right. When you talk about that specificity, it's the same thing like things in the past, guys. I have people that I love. I have clients. And I would say that one of the biggest things for people, like you were talking about earlier, Noah, with emotional baggage, right? An emotional baggage that can wind up being body baggage, right? Extra weight on our body. Um, and, and it's, it's people's relationship with the past. They can't get past. They feel like, Frank, I've done so yeah. many bad things. I can't undo those things. And I just feel like 
I feel like when I see people that I let down or whatever, my ex-wife or whatever, or my kids or whatever it is, they can't, they can't undo that and they live in the past. And the problem with that is, again, they're, they're making it forever now, right? They're making their past like for it just drags on. It's not the past. Yeah. Now, that past. That past now corrupts the present instead of saying, well, wait, just like an, a, you know, a, a, an elite wrestler mindset. Hey, even if you score Jordan, Jordan and I are good, you know, training partners, love training with Jordan. But it's like if Jordan scores, guess what a good wrestler mindset is? The next points are mine. You just got those mm. points, bro. No more points for you. The next point, and if he scores again, somebody who's really persistent, who's really in the moment, hey, the next points are mine. It's hard to psychologically break someone who's like that because they're in the moment and they're, things that happen that are negative are just temporary to them. They're kind of like KFC, Colonel Sanders, who just keeps going and just keeps. And so it, it's really a matter of, like you were saying, is it going to be an anchor? Are we going to be anchored in the negativity? Are we going to be anchored in negative self-talk? Or are we going to be specific and say, yeah, and that day and that time, I mean, Jordan, you can speak to this. I'll turn this over to you. I've had so many, you know, we, we've had matches, right? We've had competitive matches. Jordan competes. I compete. You have all these competitive matches we do, and those are very memorable. I can remember a lot of things about my matches. But we've had a lot more training sessions. When you add up, Jordan, all of the training sessions you've had, you're talking about thousands of hours on the mats. Yeah. And I've had days where I went to training where I didn't feel good and, and I didn't feel right. I didn't even want to go and I'm there. And then I have some guy who's really not even that good or he's not on my level and he's giving me fits or maybe he's even getting the better of me. Those eat at me. It's like, I'm like, what the hell? Now I know that I didn't get much sleep last night or I'm a work project or whatever, or this injury is hurting me or, or I, we were killing it yesterday with shark tank drills, whatever. And and I know, like, oh, man, there's a reason. But it still would bother me, like, so much. And I would just try to use that as fuel. I would drive home and think I didn't want to just say, well, it's just because you're run down or you're this, that. I still looked and said, well, okay, yeah, there's all these life things. But if your technique was really phenomenal, Frank, that wouldn't have been close. Even a tired Frank would have smoked that guy, right, even in, even in training. But I, but I, you know, that's egotistical. But I, I think that in some ways that helped me. So I'm saying it might be negative to be like, bro, I just got worked by a guy in training who's not even that good, or I got submitted by a guy who's not, not even that good, and it happens, right? There's all these training sessions. So many things happen in training. and But I just decided to, like, there was so much negative stuff. It was very temporary for me. I would drive home, but I always believed, like, you know, I, I don't know why. I just always believed, like, man, when, when it, you know, on your on your best days, you can beat anybody. I've, I've never let anybody take that away from me. So so every defeat was always temporary. It was always just even mm -hmm. a training, even training sessions. No, uh, Jordan, what, what were you thinking about what I what I just said there? Have you had times in, in, in training, I guess, that, you know, where you were like, what's going on? This guy's not even that. This guy's not, not nearly as good as me. Or I don't think he is. And he's, and he's, uh, and he's, hey. he's getting the better of me. Or, oh. How's his mic? Yeah, you there? Yeah, oh, you fine. know what? Yeah, he, he, he dropped out. I, I, I'm going to, he'll be right back on soon. Let me, uh, let me fix my frame. Yeah, he comes right back. Um, to, yeah, there he is. And waiting for uh, for his video to feed. There. There he is. Jordan? Jordan, can you hear us? 
Uh, no, I don't hear. Yeah, your mic's not on. No, I don't know. Uh, it's, I, I read those lips. I know what you said. <laughs> All right. Let's, let me fix this real quick. Yeah. You know, let me jump, uh, jump yeah. back. I, I mentioned Martin Seligman because when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was, uh, uh, I, I was in college, University of Houston, and um, I had some time on my hands. And what, one thing I started doing was going through the library, and I was reading books, and I came across Martin Seligman, and his book is called Learned Helplessness. Oh, okay, I think I can hear you now, Jordan. Boom, yeah. I think we're yeah. good All right. um, Well, let me just, just quip real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the, I mentioned this psychologist, Martin Seligman, University of Pennsylvania, and he's really kind of kicked off the uh, positive psychology movement. But, Frank, you are so on point with what, you're, what you just said a moment ago. Because, you know, I just had like a whole, I just had like 20 years flash by, flash through me right now in, in emotion because the, if I could say in two words why, to answer your question, and I process it, it's the title of Martin Seligman's book, which is called Learned Helplessness. I, when I'm saying I'm down here and I'm looking up that mountain, or when I'm like, why am I not competing in jiu-jitsu? Is because I'm like I'm too heavy, uh, and it's so hard to move around. And then I all these, you know, behaviors of like eating way more carbs than I need, and my body's storing as fat. And then how I'm okay, emotionally. Wait, 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 wait. I, 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 this is going to help you. What I'm about to say is going to help you. And okay. I'll be quiet. I'll take credit, and and Jordan, we're going to get to you because I want you to talk about training. I know you that that you that resonated with you before your mic cut out. But I don't take credit for what I'm about to say. I, this is something that I came across and listening to audiobooks and everything. But I think it speaks to your situation. And that is, who told you that you weren't good enough or you whatever, and why did you believe them? If this learned helplessness, who told you that, and why should you believe them? Why do you believe them? Whoever a, planted that, that seed. Who did yeah, that? this is going to sound why dark. Why do you believe them, and why do you give them power? Yeah, this is going to sound dark, but um, you know, I told you guys before. My mother was married and remarried many times, and I grew up in my for ten years in my whenever before uh, uh, I left home with a stepfather who called who he did not call me by my name. He called me Fat Boy. And I realized on the yoga mat, um, after some deep, like we're doing some hip opening, hip, hip opener, what they call a hip opener. And I was like, whoa, that's where this comes from. Is in my most formative years, I had a stepfather who mentally abused me with all kinds of like, yeah, it was awful. It was awful. And, um, you know, I, th- most boys growing up in this country, if they have a father at home, it's not their biological father. It's a stepfather. And so they, that, that, that father, 
unless they're really lucky, don't have that kind of equity in raising that child and raising that boy um, in, in a psychologically healthy way. I think that that's a, I, you know, and a lot of biological fathers, we don't have, we don't have that culture yet. It's coming of where, of how we raise our boys. And so we're having to, do you believe in the, and do you believe in the power of your conscious mind to go in and, 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 oh, and, and change the subconscious programming of like things like that. Do you believe in the power of your subconscious mind? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the reasons I'm, sorry, I'm reaching the power of your conscious mind to go in sure. and rewrite the programming and the way, yes, you can do this. And the way you do it is you, is you and you enlist your close friends, the ones you're around. You got to enlist them into the fight with you. And yep. and be open and 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 say, look, you know, I didn't realize it before, but I got to I got to where I'm at right here, mentally, physically, and guys, uh, help me mend help me mend this, you know. I'll help you stronger. I hope you become stronger in in ways that you are not. And I am saying, jujitsu, hey, help me become stronger in this, on the mats, and, and you know. And so I'm at, that's why I reached out to you guys today. It's the 28th week of the year. Um, we've got time right now to work on some stuff. So we have and one more episode than there are weeks. Are we right on pace? We've done, we've averaged one a week. Or are we going to be plus one now? We're going to be plus one now. Yeah. Oh, that, wow. That's where I got the 28th. We're over that's where I got groups. the, I know over. by one, come on, calm down by one. <laughs> but, um, you know, the reason why, like when I was in the Marine Corps and why I went from living with my grandmother in my last uh, uh, two years of high school, I was living with my grandparents. Um, but that's another story. Um, I was, I was going to be homeless. Okay, well, one other thing. And I, but, I keep shutting up Jordan. Listen. Yeah. Jordan, go. Okay. I'll, I'll shut up. No, no, I'll wait, shut wait, up. wait, 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 you, 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 It doesn't. So listen, I know that, you love the positive psychology stuff. You don't like the shaming stuff. But what if, I'm just a hypothetical, what if negative Noah came into your brain, right, and just wrecked shop, just started basically bitch slapping this fat boy subconscious thing that's been hindering you and whatever else and just, what if negative Noah just went on a rampage and went in there like, psh, 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 you know, David Goggins style, Frank Borgia style, just busting shop, and wreck shop and changes the programming, will the ends justify the means if negative Noah just shows up and says, you know what, I'm going to go in here with some, some brass knuckles, whatever, and that fat boy talk, I'm just going to punt that to the moon. That, that's done. I'm, I'm, I'm eradicating that from my brain. And now I am this, this guy, this 185-pound svelte, agile, whatever, and I sustain that. If, if you had to tap into some negative Noah for a little bit, Conscious mind, negative Noah, to go in there and do that. Could the ends justify the means? I don't know that. How would? How do you feel about? Could, that? I, could I tap in on this real quick, guys? Please yeah, do. Yeah. Please do, because I know my answer immediately. I think, yeah. I think I just realized something. So like, so we're talking about like negative, negative mindset versus positive mindset, and like, uh -huh. like negative energy versus like positive, like negative energy versus positive energy. Yeah. I think both of you guys are correct. But I think so. I think negative energy is good if you were raised with a positive energy. But 
if you were raised with a negative energy and then you're so used to the negative energy and the negative energy gets set in at you at a very young age and there's something inside your head wiring you to be inherently negative about yourself, then that mm. is cancerous and that's going to hurt you. But if that negative energy is not in you at a young age and you have a positive energy and then once you get to an older self and you can think about things and um, you have like a good you have a good idea of yourself. You have a good, um, what am I looking for? Um, you have a good self image. Then when you make mistakes, then you can be hypercritical upon yourself. Then it's, then it's healthy to be hypercritical upon yourself because you already have a positive image about yourself. But at a young age, if you, if you develop a very negative image about yourself and then you become an adult and then you make mistakes, then and then you're hyper um, hypersensitive on yourself, and then you uh, are still negative on yourself. I think that is where what where, where um, issues issues arise from. Because I, I'm agreeing with Frank, a lot of the best people, you know what I mean, all like the greats, you know, they're they're very negative on themselves when they make mistakes. They're very hard on the, on themselves. But like Frank was saying, they don't dwell on it. They fix it and then they move on. Why is that? Because they come from a place of positivity. Really, at the end of the day, they grew up. They have a positive self image. They have a positive they have a positive way of thinking about themselves, so it's allowing them to to nip their nip their mistakes on the butt and move forward. Does that yeah, okay. that, I think thank you. Both of you guys is both of you guys. Thank you. Back. Well, that's why you know that's why they're junior Yoda. Um, <laughs> you you know it's good for you. It's good to have you know there's three of us on the show because um, you're able. To, it's always good to have more than just two people because someone's yeah. there listening and observing the dialogue and opening it up. Um, you know, native, native American tradition, um, where they would, you know, have a talking stick and the rest of the tribe would listen. They wouldn't listen, you know, and those who were at the feet, you know, at the place around the circle, you know, where they were talking at, they would have a chance to listen and then, you know, go back through it. Um, but anyways, Wow. Yeah. I don't want to talk so, like, I don't want to say so much things, but I, I, I gotta say that if, 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 if I had access to a child psychologist growing up, some of this would have been fixed, I think, you know, but what I had was great people around me as, as time goes by, you know, I learned to, to have really good people around me like you guys, um, to work through these things. And this is, we're, we're 28 weeks into this or more now, and we're getting to like a lot, I think, of what every man and woman goes through in their life. This is one of those things which is central, is, is how they value and love themselves and, how, and whether or not they conscientiously continue to live up to their own standards and what those are. And to renewal. Answer answer the question that I asked that I posted you. What if negative, what if conscious mind negative Noah comes in temporarily? It's not temporary though. That that that's that's who Noah already is, and you know th that negative thing. Um, I don't. In, in fact, that's why I'm more attracted to uh, the positive. You know, doing this 
uh, with like renewable energy, you know, being kind to yourself and accepting of yourself is to me more of a renewable energy than it is, um, you know, because that's something you want to be with you. Go ahead. I, I was also going to say, I, I also agree with that too, because like I was saying, and, and that is on how you developed as a child, you know, if you developed as a child with a very negative self image and a very negative Yes. Very negative idea on life and very negative self-image on yourself. You've already been saying so many negative things to yourself throughout your life. To 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 think of an idea of saying like more negative things to yourself to expect a positive result is kind of like doesn't really work. But if you came no. from a place of like uh, if you came from a place where like you think you you or you think good about yourself or you had like a good positive image about yourself, and then when you make mistakes, then it's then you can be, like I was saying, then it's easy to be negative upon yourself because you can fix it right right, uh, right then because you've been being positive about yourself. So you can you have the ability to be negative about yourself and have a positive result because of it. The, the, the negativity does not need to be aimed at the whole person. The negativity is specifically aimed if part of the problem is the fat boy comment and that sort of verbal abuse. The negativity is aimed at that. It's aimed very specifically. It's not aimed at your identity, your image. It is aimed at an assumption that you let that you let anchor into you, that you let sink into you, an assumption that that, that was things that were said to you that for some reason you believe. Because if you didn't believe them, they, it couldn't stay in your subconscious and contaminate or sabotage anything. The only way things can stay, if I don't value someone's opinion at all, deeply subconsciously, they can cuss me out and say X, Y, Z, whatever. It has no impact on my self-image. It only impacts my self-image when someone says something to me and for whatever reason, I believe it's true or I allow it. You know, it becomes auto-suggestion and I accept it, right? There's auto-suggestion. We have to be the ones to accept it. What I'm saying is applying the, the ferocity of boom, the equivalent of a beatdown, the equivalent of a spiritual beatdown and saying, hey, you negative assumption that I'm fat boy, that I'm not good enough, whatever. I'm about to give you an eviction. I'm giving you in a negative fashion, in a forceful fashion. I'm evicting you in the name of my larger positive self-image and all the great things and places I'm headed. In the name of that, I'm hereby forcibly evicting you. And if I have to use negative energy to do that, I am roto-rootering you and I'm kicking you out and I'm going to punt you to the moon. That's what I mean. So we're not talking about the whole here. We are talking about a specific targeting of any assumptions that for some reason your subconscious mind took to be true and continues to replay and replay and replay and sabotage. I'm talking about going in there and just, oh, that's the problem? You know what? He stayed in my brain a long time. I think I'm going to have a confrontation and beat the living blank out of him, and he's going. He's evicting. I'm so. Evicting. I got so what you're saying, is, Frank. And I'm saying do the ends justify <clears throat> the means there. And it's, no. it's not an assault on your the, – the eviction of those assumptions would be a net positive to your social to, – to your self-image, to your no, – I'm curious to hear what Noah says. Yeah, no, I um, – so because it, it's it, – all right. So it's – the using the negative stuff for me, okay, everyone is different. Everyone is different. But you have to coach people uh, from where they are. And that approach to me is contaminated. It's, it's contaminated by 
Um, so an example is like metals that were forged before we started using nuclear weapons um, have a different um, composition than after, okay? Because after we started using uh, nuclear weapons, metals that are forged today um, are contaminated, all right? And when I was in my youth, that kind of negativity contaminated when I was in the mold, when I was being forged. Okay. And you can't undo that forging. And so I've always like when I was in the Marine Corps, there were four drill instructors. Okay. And three of them motivated us in a way, just like, just like they do at Henzo's. Okay. They, they emphasize the positive. And in the Marine Corps, yeah, I know you're like, drill instructors do that? Yeah, they can. They can do that very well because it's, it's through extinguishment. You just don't give attention. You don't give energy to the bad parts of it. You give attention to, to what you want. And so if I'm drilling and if you're saying, no, don't do that, no, don't do that, versus drilling and saying, yeah, put your leg further out. Every time you put your leg out, think of kicking it out a little further instead of, no, don't kick, don't hold your leg back in, kick it out. There's a, it's a, it's just a philosophical approach and I'm trying to express it, you know, I'm sorry, I can't articulate it easily. This is like a little abstract. Um, But to me, it's just, I resonate whenever like Jordan's like, no, I, you know, yeah, this is challenging. You just say that this is challenging. But, you know, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Just find it in yourself. Find it in yourself. It's there. That right there, just telling me that makes me reinforce that, oh, it is there. Yeah, I can do this. And so that versus, hey, you don't want to be fat again. You better get running. You better run faster. You're, you're not doing fat. You're not running fast enough. Run faster. That's not mo- That's like negative to me. That doesn't. You know, that's not negative energy. Like one person's uh, negative. It's it's. But this is the thing. First of all, there would be no growth without stress. There would be no growth. The world needs negativity. So for all the people that want a utopia where there's no negativity, the world needs negativity. Negativity motivates negativity. What negativity today can be prosperous, can be prosperity ten years from now. It can be spark. It can be change. So for people, where complacency comes from, where settling comes from, is people get so comfortable in things and that is a dangerous place it's a dangerous place spiritually Bingo. Com- it's a dangerous mm-hmm. place professionally i agree with that place athletically there I agree it's with just that. a matter of how in what levels can you handle the stress in what levels it's a degree some people can handle high amounts of stress navy seal etc maybe some elite fighter some people can't and and there are different reasons for that and there are different buttons to push just like for diet certain things are going to work better for certain people um but, but I would say, you know, the, the assumption you said, you know, you said you can't undo that forging. That was an assumption in your brain. No, I don't agree with I was thinking, at least in my brain, I was like, I don't agree with that assumption either. There are, when we look at, at, at what's going on in our brain, at the root of the things that are, dis, that are self-destructing us, that are self-sabotaging us, that are self-defeating us, are assumptions that we let, that we anchor to, that we let take up residence in our brain and take up a lot of the space and 
and, and run even subconsciously talking to us and we don't even hear that anymore. We're not even aware of, of the feeling and the words that, that are going on. And I would say again, to, to talk what, what people will call negative. One person's negative is another, like again, it's kind of like fighting. People could say going into a cage is senseless, it's stupid, it's violent, it's whatever, it's negative, it's hateful, it's mean, it's violent, it's everything that's wrong with the world, it's bloody, right? Yeah. Yeah, One yeah, person's yeah. negative is another person's aliveness. Is another person's hey, why why should anyone be legally allowed to drive a race car at two hundred miles an hour? That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Die. One person's negative is another person's. Hey, hell yeah, let's do that. So okay, very, we could say we could sit here and watch a lion eat a zebra. You know, or a wildebeest, and say, "Oh my God, how horrible! That's just despicable." But that is the that is the way that 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 nature has designed it, as cruel and mean as it can be. And at the same time, we may be, "Wow, that's really mean of the lion." At the same time, there's a reverence for the lion, and see, it's like, "Wow, lion is the real deal, right? The lion's not to be messed with." Like, there's a respect there too. So. Again, I'm not saying that that's the right approach for you. I'm just saying, and that was a hypothetical, what yeah. if, as much as you don't like it, what if that got the job done quicker, brother? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's for you. I'm just saying, what if instead of taking the long road, the circuitous road, you just went in there and just went bop, 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 bop. The only way is the long road. There, there are no shortcuts to this. Um so I'm I would, about I would a quicker way. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying hypothetically. Uh, you know what? You know what would work for me is is like, hey Noah, go grab, go grab your Cariokinia, uh shirt that you wore or something out of that box and 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 show me that and tell me and tell me the and tell me how you're going to fit into that. Tell me, you know, or Noah, you're only you're only just dude. We get we work on this really really well. You you're going to be able to fit into that in like what this is July mid July, dude. There's no reason why you're not in that in those clothes by New Year's. If we work hard, it's possible for you. That's that's I it just as stupid as it is, you know. Yeah, Jordan Peterson's. People just need a little encouragement. They just need so little. He he was crying. He was crying on the camera in his video on YouTube saying it just people need just such little encouragement. They need just such little encouragement. So that's a little not, bit not, of that positive stuff works. That works well for. I was a really good writer and nobody noticed it th- until I got to my junior year of college and wind up being a journalist. Nobody said anything. Nobody ever complimented my writing. That's There's a lot of writers out there like David Foster Wallace and others who weren't really recognized until after their deaths. Yeah. Somebody Don't die, though. My writing, my writing, could have, my writing career could have been set. Don't go kill yourself. It's, it could have been accelerated a lot quicker if somebody had made a comment. I mean, I might maybe for friends. you, maybe for you, you know, you, like, you know, you need to be told you're a green slime like your T-shirt and you could do better. Maybe, you know, maybe you need that verbal beatdown. I don't want it. it I don't. Wait, you're, you're, maybe, misunderst- you're a misunderstanding. That's what I thought. That's I what I thought. That's why I went to that. That's why I went to that. Misunderstanding. 
Good. I spend, and I will guarantee you, 90, you can listen to all the apps you want. I will guarantee you that more than 99% of the people, I talk myself up more than 99 per plus percent of the human population on a daily basis. And it's not a beatdown. I'm not going to sit here and bore people with what I say. I put the time in. I put year. I was a philosophy major before people knew what the hell a podcast was. Before people, most people gave a damn about self-growth and self-development. I was a philosophy major in college 20-some years ago before mm-hmm. I knew who the hell Jordan Peterson was, before I knew who the hell Joe Rogan was, before I knew who any of these professors was. I was thinking about thinking. I was thinking about conscious mind. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the best ways to do things. I know how to talk positive and do that. I know how to do that. But I'm just telling you, there's a balance there. There's a yin and there's a yang to neglect a whole half of energy that is a real thing that has been proven historically to still be a fantastic fuel, and what is negative and what is positive can get very blurred along the way. Can okay, get very so blurred. what? And then, so, so the, I, I, I know what I, I can't even listen. The way I talk myself up, I can't even say it on this podcast. I won't even say it. That's how much I exponentially. Most of these people will be babies. Their self talk compared to my self talk. It would be okay. a baby. I won't so maybe we need to. Number one, I would charge someone a lot of money for it. And number two, people would think I was crazy. But, you know, listen, Muhammad Ali, okay? I said this in my TEDx talk. Muhammad Ali is considered ESPN ranked the greatest athletes of all time. Okay? They ranked the greatest of all time. Who came in number one? I just told you. Muhammad Ali. Who talked more than anybody, to, more than any athlete? Verbally and then to himself, more than Ali did. Ali was Connor McGregor. <laughs> Connor came a lot longer, a lot later after Ali. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but I'm, I'm just saying of all time. Ali did it. Jack Johnson was doing it in the 1890s. Okay, so Jack okay. Johnson, go, go do your research on Jack Johnson, who's who is who doesn't get his due and who was phenomenal with 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 his mindset and and didn't give a damn and was brave and bold. He would, Ali said, "Dude, he was braver than me." Jack Johnson was a lot braver than I am. Um, but, but my point is, I spend a lot of time doing that. But I'm just saying, to, to say, though, that we have to always stay positive hunky-dory, to me, is not realistic. And it is denying and depriving people weapons that can have positive impact in their life. The same way people say, why would I, 20 years ago, why would I sign my son and daughter up for MMA and jiu-jitsu? It's violent. It's bloody. They'll get hurt. It's negative. It's mean. My kid will be violent. This is the same thing. People attach. They made the assumption that it's negative. You are making the assumption that I am sitting here saying negative, 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 negative. I'm just saying negative is one weapon um, among others, but to never push that button, to to, to decide I'm never going to push that button, I personally think is a disservice a lot of people do to themselves. I think it's a disservice. Because it is the right answer sometimes. I'm not saying it's the right answer all the time. I'm, I spend a lot of time on positive, positive, positive. I do a lot of that. But to say that, Frank, I'll never push a negative button, no way. He is. Uh-oh. Can't hear you, Frank. Jordan, do you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you, Jordan. Frank, I don't hear you. Do you hear me? Okay, I don't hear you. Change. Sometimes on your phone, if you move something, it, it 
We'll see. Oh, Frank left. Maybe that's how. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're oh, it's time. It's uh three oh, it's three oh five. Um, but maybe this is a way, um, Jordan, you and I can get a word in. <laughs> I wanted to hear about when. When would you use this? Hey, Frank, can you hear us? Yeah. Oh, oh, let me say one other thing. If you were to go into a fight tomorrow, Noah, we're going to put you in the cage. Okay? We're going to put you in the cage. And if you said, I only want to go in the cage with my positive self, I'm only bringing my positive self in the car. Only the parts of me that are positive get to come into the cage. Brother, okay. as your coach, as your coach, I would pl plead with you, do not do that. Bring uh -oh. every part of you, bring every weapon, bring the good, bring the bad, bring a little bit of the ugly. I would say bring all of you. Don't be a house divided amongst yourself. Bring the negative to the party too. When you're fighting a ferocious battle, if, whether it's in your own mind or it's in a cage or it's in a jiu-jitsu tournament, guess what, Noah? Bring every part of you, buddy. Bring a little negativity to the party too. Would you want to bring some negativity if, if we put you in a cage tomorrow? Would you want to tap into that? Oh, I, you know, I, I'm going to deflect. I'm going to deflect your question to Jordan and ask Jordan, when, would, when, when is it appropriate to use that negativity? Um, I definitely use the negativity, man, but you've got you to gotta make sure that you don't get reckless if you become angry when you're fighting. Becoming angry and using negativity are kind of separate, separate things. I wouldn't use anger, but I would use some negative sides, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? What about in your training? What about in your training? In your training? Yeah. Um, when you're on the slack line yeah. and you're not balancing yourself, what do you say to yourself when you fall off? Why did I fall? What did I do? All right. And my cat's coming here. Come here, buddy. I'm, I take that approach, too, when I'm training, really. I try not to be negative when I'm training. Like, when somebody um, submits me, I kind of think, like, man, like, what, what was my technical mistake? What, what did I do wrong that made them mistake? But, yeah. um, I'll, all right, so I'll use this as an example. Um, I was rolling with this guy, and he's a white belt, right? And I was teaching the class, so I was the head coach. I said, open the gym, close the gym, lock everything up. I'm the coach. And I'm teaching some class to this guy. Really, 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 really athletic, strong black guy, D1 wrestler, just looks like boulders for muscles. Just pop, 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 pop. And I'm like, okay, like this guy will be a fun roll, like whatever. We start rolling. He takes me down with a big, big, big judo throw. And immediately, I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, man, like, why did that happen? And I, 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 um, I identified it right away. I'm like, oh, I let him get a strong underhook, and that's why I'm on my back right now. That's why, I'm, why this dude just threw me. We keep scrambling and stuff. I sweep him. I pass the guard. I get to the mount. I hold him in the mount for a while. And now I'm thinking, like, oh, man, this guy's a visitor. I got to submit him. I have to submit him. And so I go for an arm bar 
on a guy that's way bigger, way stronger than me, and is a D1 wrestler. I'm in the mount. I'm in the controlling the position, mm-hmm. and then I fall back. I, uh, I I I try and transition to S mount, and then I take the armbar. I fall back to the armbar. He stacks me in the armbar, picks me up. Oh my! Uh oh! Probably like his first or second day in jujitsu. Picks me up, runs, blast, slams me like it's like a running start. Slams running slam. On my head. And I stand up. And I'm immediately furious, just like anger, just from head to toe, just steaming. Just I, I don't even think about what I'm doing. He slams me in my head, and as soon as I get slammed on my head, something clicks in my head. Where I'm like, oh, I'm in a fight now. We're fighting. Like well, this is this is no, we're not rolling anymore. We are fighting now. And I stand up because he slammed me, and he was standing up, and then I was I fell down to the floor. I stood up and I started sprinting at him. And in my head, I'm targeting his head. I'm going to throw a flying head kick at this guy. And I'm just, as I'm running at him, he looks at me like all like, like bug-eyed. Like he could tell like I was running at him. It was no longer jiu-jitsu. And he kind of put his hands up and he was like, yo. And then I stopped. I stopped myself. Thankfully, I didn't, I didn't throw a kick at him. I didn't do anything. I, I stopped myself in the last instance. And I was like, I can't act like this. I'm the instructor of the class. I, I, can't, I can't afford to be acting this way. And I, uh, I was like, hey, man, like, there's no slamming, dude. You can't slam people. And he's like, oh, like, sorry, man. Like, I, I'm a wrestler. I thought, I thought this, I thought you're allowed to slam. And then we kind of okay. worked. And then, but pretty much what I'm trying to get to is I, I thought about it afterwards. And at, at first, initially, I was angry. I was, I was angry and I was angry at him. And then I realized I had to transfer the anger to myself because it wasn't his fault. He was a he was a wrestler. He was just freaking out. He's a white belt that has insane capabilities. You know what I mean? He's not used to jiu-jitsu. He's a wrestler. So he's an athletic freak wrestler that has insane capabilities. And he didn't know any better than to slam me. Or at least he claimed he didn't know any better to slam me. But I had to give him the benefit of the doubt. It was my problem. It was my, it was my technical mistake that I was in the mount and I didn't just hold the position and stay in the mount. Either transition to the back and take a choke. Or go for a head and arm choke and stay on top. It was my technical mistake that I fell off on a guy that's way bigger and stronger than me, way more athletic than me, and that I went for an arm. And the guy's arm is obviously way stronger than both of my arms. So I had my, my I had to transfer my anger from him, and I had to immediately address it and turn the anger. It wasn't really anger though. I had to turn the the um. I I just had to. Uh, to address it on myself, you know, I had to be like, all right, that wasn't his fault. That was my, that was my fault. So I, what I'm trying to say is, sometimes there is, yes, sometimes there is a time to be to be negative upon yourself. But as long as you're being hypercritical and you're trying to immediately address the the mistake that you made, what was the mistake that you made? Pretty much, as long as you're being negative and you're like like Frank was saying, you can be negative upon yourself. Oh, I made a mistake. I messed up. Now, what was the mistake, and how can I make sure that mistake does not happen again? Instead of, oh, I made a mistake, I suck, I can't believe I let that happen to me, that guy's so much better than me. Instead of going that negative approach, go, all right, I made a technical mistake, now why did I make that technical mistake and how can I avoid that technical mistake from happening again in the future? Let it. So hurt. that was constructive. Exactly. Let it hurt, let it sting, let it bother you. It's good to let it bother you as long as you let it mold you and you you learn from the mistake and you get better because of it yeah well i don't consider that negative though any of that i mean you there's a bit of polishing that's occurring that occurred for you as a brown belt i would assume 
with your, you know, you're becoming more polished as, yeah. as a brown belt because you saw yourself in a volatile situation and you were able to manage your emotions um, at the last second. Yeah. <laughs> Control yourself. Frank, yeah. do, would, you, would you agree that's not negative? That's actually, you know, that's just emotional self-control there? I mean, that, that, that just happens. I've been doing this a long time. That just happens. And he knows that. I mean, Jordan knows that. That's just part of the experience. Those things are going to happen. There's going to be, if tempers aren't flaring up every now and again, I'm not saying, you know, of course, you didn't. he's the instructor. So things are even harder on you when you're the instructor because you're exactly. held to the, the absolute highest standard. When you're, that's why there's sometimes when I coach that I won't roll with certain people. And it's not that I don't think I could beat them. It's that sometimes to beat them, I might have to really destroy them, like physically just destroy them because of the way yeah. their personality is or they're wild and reckless. And You're going to have to prove a point. Yeah, and that, and that can look really bad in front of the class. So you don't want to do that. So you avoid rolling, not because they, they, some people, there literally are students, the ones with the big, huge egos that come in there and think that they can beat the higher belts. And if they have the wrong attitude, there are some of them that think that they can beat you, especially if you are not rolling with them. They will, you know, they will think that they can beat you. And what they don't realize is part of the reason that sometimes someone like me, again, I'm a smaller guy. If I was Robert Drysdale and I was 240 or 235, or I was even, you know, uh, you know, Rafael, your, your guy there in, in Henzo Gracie's, um, you know, if I was a bigger, bigger guy or I was a super phenom, then I could probably just, you know, toy with whoever, but I'm not, I'm a guy that, that, you know, there is an element of physicality involved in what I do in my style. Jordan's roll with me. And so, so as a 140 pound guy, a guy comes in, he's 200, he's got a bad attitude. He, he wants to roll with me. Hey, you want to roll? And, and most of the time I will roll with them, but sometimes I don't because I'm thinking they've approached me with the wrong attitude. Maybe I'm going to make it a little bit personal. Maybe I'm going to use too much power. It's just not going to look good. It's not going to be as professional, like he was saying. So th those situations um, arise. There, I think most instructors, uh, you know, do a good job of navigating that. Um, you know, I, I was having this discussion last night with a, with a guy because, you know, there's a lot of things going on in, in the world now. And, and I was saying to him, there are some people, when it comes to personal responsibility, right, we start talking about personal responsibility, like, the, and, and by the way, I've made excuses at times in my life too, right? I try to eliminate. That's something I've tried to eliminate, right, is, is excuses and excuses, right? Because that can be an, an impediment to being a champion, to mastering your mind. But I've had times in my life where I've made excuses and I thought this was against me or this was the reason. And the more personal responsi responsibility that I take on, I think a lot of areas of my life have improved. And But I think, you know, there, what percentage of the population, like no matter what, you know, whether we're in a capitalist society or we're in socialism or we're in communism or whatever we're on, what percentage are still going to just, no matter what, you can throw anything at them and they'll either die or they're going to thrive. What percentage? You're probably, give or take, and this number's been passed down through the centuries, I would say it's about right, it's about 3%. 3% of the people don't care what the conditions are. They don't care how windy, how cold, how whatever. They're, they're kind of like the Navy SEAL mindset. The elite fighter mindset's like, look, you can make society whatever you want. I'm going to eat. I'm going to flourish. I'm going to thrive. Or I'll die trying, right? So there's a 3%. 97% of people probably, rough estimate, need, it's like, wait, 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 wait. 
97% of people don't like ultimate extreme personal responsibility and accountability. What that 97% wants, in addition to they want the books, they want the science books to be written, say, please crack this code and let me figure this out because I'm not going to figure it out on my own or I'm not going to figure it out in a timely fashion. The 97% wants, hey, can you please create very favorable conditions for me so that I can thrive and prosper? Now, by the way, do not read into what I just said and say, well, Frank is favoring the 3% over the 97%. False. It's false. If you, people who think, well, Frank identifies with the 3% and he does not. False. I identify, I, identify, I identify with both. I identify with both. So we have a responsibility on the one hand as instructors to promote personal responsibility, extreme ownership, extreme personal responsibility and accountability. And on the other hand, we have a responsibility to realize, hey, Everybody's not built in this sort of survival of the fittest thing. Everybody's not meant to be whatever weather, whatever conditions. Everybody's not a Navy SEAL. So how do we, how do we create conditions for more people to prosper and to thrive and to become their better self? You have to do both at the same time. But we can't, when we address the 97% who, you know, on a, there's different levels of personal responsibility in there, right? Yeah. But we still, we still have to constantly teach personal responsibility and personal accountability. We all need more of that. We all need more of that. But conditions do matter. But there's a certain percentage like Jocko Willink or, you know, or Tim Kennedy or just whatever, an elite martial artist. Bro, they'll just adapt. They'll just be like, pick whatever system you want. I'll win. I'll thrive. Some people are just minded like that, right? And most of us are not. Most of us are like, well, but the systems are broken and this isn't being taught right or like you're saying that Noah stuff was being taught too negatively. It's too old school. It's coming from too negative a place. So both have to happen. I think we need to be able, how do we coach and teach the 3% that are like, Hey, throw everything at me, make it tough, make it difficult, make it a struggle. If it's not hard, I'd have no interest in it. If it's something everyone can do, I have no interest in it. That's that tiny percent. And I'm minded for that optimal, that percent too. But I'm also minded for the 97% say, hey, you know what? I don't want to sign up full-fledged for that and there's too much negativity or whatever or there's just too much. Can we modify that with more, even more positivity, with more creating better conditions for us? And so both have to be true. I support and I favor both. You have to know who you're dealing with and who you're not. But this is a conversation I had last night and for some reason – the conversation we've been having made me made me think of that. Okay. Um, wow, I, I totally did not expect to have this conversation today. Uh, but it, oh, I didn't anticipate it. But a lot of what we've been doing is building up to it. It took six months, seven months for us to get here. Um, but yeah, we're we're here. I'm sorry, my cat is. Guys, you there? Yes, this, my cat is, he is the, he is the image of, of persistence. He wants my attention and it won't let me go. Finally got him away. Sorry. He's you just got a zoo going on. You got a zoo going there now. You're just adding your family uh, bigger every month. I don't know about that. I, I'm getting bigger every month and it's time to change that. Um, I, think, I think your awareness, I, I, I think you're going to start losing now because you're, you brought your awareness to it. You brought it into focus. So I think it's going to, I think it's going to start happening. I think it's the incredibly shrinking Noah Green. You know, the, uh, the, um, 
it's, I, it, this has just been marination and, or even fermentation. Uh, just being around YouTube uh, with this podcast and getting the, into this mental space, what other outcome would there be but for us to each of us individually work on ourselves off the mats? If we're going to keep doing this podcast, you guys got to step your game up with a tan. I'll just say that. I'm, just, I'm very ah, freckle. At, at the whiteness. I'm just seeing this. This is the ivory. This is – you guys got to step your game up, both of you. I nah, you, I nah, nah. Play I summertime there in, in Vegas. You guys have no excuse. 7 p.m., you can get out there. I freckle, vitamins. man. Get some vitamin D. I don't believe hormonal. in it. I freckle, man. I'm I freckle. I've been looking at this the whole time. I'm like, wow, like look at their complexion. Yeah, but I, I turn red. Okay, I just turn I red. I enjoy my skin tone, Frank. I I like them. I like my skin tone being very bright. I hate how everybody's trying to be tan. I like I like very I could, bright. But I've but I've been doing this for a long time. I know. I know. I'm not saying you're following. You're definitely not a, a trend follower, Frank. You, you do your own thing. I'm just saying how how it's typically perceived that people tan people are more attractive. I don't I don't like that. I like I like the pale. Yeah, I wasn't saying you guys are. I wasn't saying you guys aren't good looking. I wasn't saying that. Even though I don't, I don't pass any judgment. I'm neutral on that. I don't, I don't, I don't do this podcast with that in mind. I'm not like, oh, Noah's looking especially handsome today, especially grizzly. Yeah. Although Noah, have you had a beard the entire time we've been shooting? I, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I don't. Have I ever yeah. seen you without a beard? Have I ever seen you without a beard? Maybe I don't know. Sometimes I shave it all off. I gotta I shave it down. Without a beard, it looks strange. I, I think I look strange with a beard, but I've kind of grown accustomed to it. Um, yeah, well, since I, I figured since I shaved this part, this part needs to stay. Well, you know, I, I want to say this. Balance. We're, we're over time today. This is the conclusion of episode 29. I will say this. Um, Noah, thank you very much for, you know, for being, you know, very candid today and, and, and uh, you know, letting us know where you are. I do expect that great things will be happening. Jordan's going to help you there. Um, I, I will say that for people out there listening that again, obviously the world does need, we've been talking about, you know, how to harness negative energy and dark energy and these things and whatever, and positive psychology. I, 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 I do believe the world needs more love. It does need more positivity. It does. It needs more people that are good, that are coming from a good space. It does need more of that. I'm just saying for me, for optimal performance, it's, it's balance. It's trying to put both together and creating like a oneness in yourself. But again, I do think that, you know, I'll, we'll end on this note that I think that the, the world needs, it does need a lot more positive, genuinely positive energy and good energy and good people and, and even people that are coming from a loving and forgiving space. It doesn't have enough of that. It does, it does have plenty of anger and hate and meanness and you're not good enough and I'm better than you. It has plenty of that. It does have plenty of that. But the problem is some of that, some of that lives in us. Some of that lives in us. And if I were to go into a fight or I go into an extreme situation, I can say, hey, Frank, only the positive part of you gets to come to this party. And it's like, wait, I got news for you. Only the positive part of me probably won't move the mountain. It takes every part of ourselves working in harmony, good, bad, ugly, you know, demons. To me, if we're going to go like really out on the edge, it takes every part of it like, to throw away some parts. It's like, wow, like you might not recognize me. If I was like, if I was like Mr. Negative, I, I mean, if I was like totally hundred percent Mr. Positive, I don't know that I want to do the podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I will say this. I, so I'm going to, I'm going to 
um, not concur with you and say that in, on your worst day, remind yourself of how much you do love yourself. And with that, um, part of that love doesn't mean you're going to go soft on yourself. That does not mean, in fact, it's the opposite. It's like, you, you know, you, whenever, on your worst day, on your worst day, when, on the worst day of your life, whenever your jar is cracked and broken and shattered, what you should remember is that there's a heart of gold inside of you. And it is achieved so much and you survived so many things. And on your worst day, you'll survive that too. And it's just by having a bond with yourself and saying, you know, yeah, you can say a lot of mean things and terrible things and acidic things to yourself, but you don't need to. On your worst day, just trust yourself to bring the highest sense of yourself. That's a good ending note. Nothing from you, Jordan. Come on. Nothing from me, my man. All right, we'll get something. I'm sure, no, nothing from you right now. Wait until I get on the mat. You're like, all right, let's do this. And I'm like, you got it. I'm, you know, you got it. And then a few minutes later when we're doing the alligator uh, jacarés, the movement. I love those. I love I know you do. I just did it yesterday. I just worry about my shoulder. I just worry about my shoulder doing it. So we got to modify it. You know, I have to go on my shoulder um, when we flip sides to do it. Uh, we'll have to work with that injury. We'll have to work it out. Yeah, work it out. Uh, I, I'm not going to be like hating myself. I might not be liking how I feel, but I'm going to be like bringing out the gold. I'm like, yes, this is golden. This is golden. I love it. I love it. Let's get into a fight like this. I love it. I love this. I love it. When I tasted that metal in my mouth uh, the other day on Mount Charleston, I was like, yeah. I, I miss this. I miss I miss getting, I miss like really getting, uh, struggling to breathe. I miss that. I miss that so much. And I want to bring that out. Now I recognize, you know, when you recognize you're at your limit, physical limit, but you mentally, it's like, oh, I got more to give. I got more to give and so much more. Guys, thank you for your time. Episode 29 in the books. See you guys. All right. Have a good day. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye. Later, guys. Good day. That's it for today's episode of Everyman BJJ. Thanks for listening. Look for new episodes of Everyman BJJ every week, wherever you get your podcast or at everymanbjj.com.